0: Brain for Business, Brain for Life podcast with me, Lawrence Snell, where we take the lessons from evidence-based academic research, most particularly involving the brain and behavioral sciences, and translate them in a way that is accessible for leaders and organizations. I'm delighted to welcome to Brain for Business, Brain for Life, Dr. Eric Zungen. Based in Munich, Eric is a cardiologist by training, but these days he's better known as the chief executive of Walkolution. Eric, it's great to speak to you.
1: Laurie, good morning, thanks for having me. Great to speak to you too.
0: Oh, an absolute pleasure. So perhaps we might start off by talking a little bit about what is Walkolution?
1: Well, Walkolution uh, is a company that we founded um, in an attempt to make an end to a sedentary lifestyle and uh, to give people the opportunity to, well, to behave like humans and walk and work as our, as our slogan says.
0: Okay, so how do you do that? If you want people to get walking, is that that about having programs where people get up and walk once an hour, or or have you taken a slightly more active approach to it?
1: We are manufacturing um, a system, a treadmill that is um, tailored to be used while you are working. Um, So you can use it at your desk. That is the world's first noiseless treadmill um, that is particularly designed um, to, to be used in an office, or in a school, or in a library, or in your home office. So basically, it allows you to walk at a slow pace, um, what I'm actually doing right now, <laughs> and, uh, what you, and you can do everything what you would normally do at your desk um, as you would normally be in a, in, a, in a sedentary position, what turns out to be extremely unphysiological for the human body.
0: Okay, so so if I hear you correct, right now as we're re- recording this podcast, I'm in Dublin, you're in Munich, and you're walking while while we're doing it.
1: I, I I'm walking, and you're unfortunately sitting. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that 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 is true. Although I I did have an hour's walk this morning, so hopefully that'll that'll partly make up for it. So Eric, if if I understand correctly, right now you're you're actually walking. Is that correct?
1: Yes, exactly. I'm I'm here in my office in Munich. Um, and I'm walking at my desk, where I would normally be uh, required to sit down, right?
0: Okay, and and how is that working? So, you have the treadmill under your desk, but I can't hear anything.
1: Yeah, right. So, the Walkolution Treadmill is a manual treadmill. That means it's only um, powered by your own body weight, by gravity. It has an integrated desk. It has a backrest. So, um in up, it doesn't force you to be walking at the same pace like an electric treadmill would do, but uh, you, you can choose the pace and you can adapt the speed kind of with, with every single step that you take. Uh, but you can also stand in between, you can lean back There's a backrest and continue to walk. So it's kind of intuitive uh, usage, but you can just walk in, in a gentle way and um, in, in that way, bring um, gentle movement in, into your day, right without being a workout, without being being sweaty. So it's it's kind of integrating into into everything what you what you would normally are supposed to do or what you normally do in, in an office setting.
0: And that's interesting because these days so much of the focus, if we just focus on the, 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 the physical aspects of, of exercise for a moment, we can come to the cognitive uh, later on. But so much of the focus these days in terms of physical exercise is about high-intensity training, short bursts, get the pulse rate up, whereas the walk approach is actually constant low-level exercise. Is that correct?
1: absolutely um so i mean as a as a, as a medical doctor and as an exercise enthusiast myself and an active mountaineer i'm i'm definitely a big fan of high intensity workouts and uh, i can also say from a medical perspective we we do need that right but that's not the only thing and i mean the reality is people do exercise they do that it's kind of an infrequent pattern and um but um well it's it's a one thing we we definitely need as as humans, but um, if we look back and see it from an evolutionary perspective, what we what we did for millions of years is constantly being on our feet and constantly moving throughout the day, and uh, then the opposite is also not in one boast of uh, of a short period of time, for example in the evening, but throughout the day, and I was always, I am. Deeply interested in, in longevity and how people, what strategies people take throughout the world to maximize their health. So, I was um, traveling extensively to the so called blue zones in the, in the world where um, we have people who live in extraordinary, extraordinary uh, long lives with a high density of people uh, beyond the age of 100. And um, if you're looking at those lifestyles, and there are certainly many components play a crucial role but one thing that is that uh, has always struck me when i when i visited these um often old small villages is um the people are extremely active but the exercise is kind of uh, unknown to many of them so they would not have the they would not have the idea to go exercise but what they do is they constantly are on their feet most of the day right and with gardening many many things that we um that we don't do in in our in our days
0: so that was i guess the inspiration for war collusion and, and, and uh, equally grew out of your medical backgrounds
1: well i started um with the, with the very very first uh, let's say prototype of what i back back then i never expected to become uh, a company or whatsoever or or product um but um well as i said i started medicine out of the inspiration for how can how can can humans be optimized or how can you optimize your your health in in many, in many ways and uh, that was what kind of fascinated me in uh, with me- with medicine and um well some of the harsh contrasts that i encountered uh, during my studies is um i found myself to be of course i mean like in like in many other fields of studies you are required to sit down in a library well in the, in the lecture hall and um at, at so many occasions, and you're you're forced to sit down, and that was kind of in a in an extreme contrast to what I was learning every day in math school. So uh, what I did in order to just stay in shape is uh, I I took an electric treadmill, um, a very cheap one, and um, I constructed my own standing desk in my small um, rooftop apartment in in Munich. And uh, what I found is I. It worked completely fine i mean it has some of course some drawbacks one thing was the noise one thing was uh, the fact that well, you cannot really set your 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 pace and your speed intuitively on electric treadmill and um, i remember i was, uh, there was some phone funny photos from me wearing um well, an early version of let's say the noise cancelling headphones back then they not uh, didn't exist um but uh like kind of the typical thing that we were on a construction zone um so but um i mean despite of uh, these kind of small limitations it worked completely fine for me i remembered i i studied for my medical exams i studied for uh, or, or wrote my uh, wrote my phd thesis on it and uh, well it worked so fine that it kind of never uh left me and then well afterwards uh, in during my residency sitting long hours uh on a on a on a desk again because of course in the hospital I didn't have that and um well at some at some point um at the same time um the numbers of publications that came up in the field and this headline sitting as new smoking um came up and we learned and understood much better on a molecular level what is actually happening to the human body when we're sitting six eight well the reality is most people are sitting uh, 11 to 12 hours a day and because from the time of commuting you gotta have the time from uh, well sitting in your office but then also most of your leisure time is also spent in a sedentary way so people um, easily talk about uh, 12 to 11 12 or more hours sitting every day and we're um, we learning it's not about back pain. This is the tip of the iceberg. It's affecting um, or kind of affecting all the major organ systems in the human body: um, diabetes, cardiovascular diseases, uh, even down to dementia and cancer. And um, so, again, I found myself in a situation. Uh, I was a senior medical doctor in a, on a busy emergency department, and then later in my own practice and. Um, well seeing so many patients uh, with actually highly avoidable diseases right and um, i I found so many people optimizing their health they're taking good care of their nutrition, they exercise, yes, they do ex- exercise, but still they have this independent risk factor, and many of them are not aware and um, well, then we have seen um, that uh, offices throughout the world introduce standing desks, but then from an anatomical, from a physiological perspective, just standing alone is not providing any remedy to the situation because what you do is uh, when you alternate between sitting and standing, you're actually alternating between two likewise um, like suboptimal uh, postures that will not really give you a metabolic benefit and. Well, for, my, for myself, I, I still uh, kept on evolving my, my treadmill desk in my, in my home office. And then, um, well, I decided in 2017 that um, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna focus on working on the root uh, of the problem uh, instead of, uh, well, working on, on, on symptoms and treating diseases in many, many cases that we cannot really, that we cannot really treat. And um, yeah, so this is the... This is the story in short, and how I got inspired.
0: And uh, it, it's it's a fascinating way that I guess you you found a solution to other people's problems by your your own needs, and then finding that that medical need, need as well. But why why walking in particular? Why not, for example, having having a, a standing bike underneath the desk or, or some other some other way of, of of moving? I think
1: here we're tapping into um, why by walking is um, also beneficial in a cognitive way and um, so one of the things that you might might wonder is how does a multitasking component work how can you concentrate at the same time and then it even turns out you can concentrate better um, as many people can draw from their own experience that's the best ideas and so on come, come when you when you're walking when you're actually moving um so i think this is um and um, for example, um, Shane O'Mara, he published a great book about it and um, discovering or uh, like kind of ex- explaining the um, neuroscientific uh, background behind walking. So it is the most, I would say, natural movement um, of humans. So it's it's rooted deep within our neural network, and so we can we can do that, and. Um, Engage in this walking without being content, without concentrating on it. So it's kind of an uh, activity that um, you can do on a subconscious level for extended periods of time. And this is um, well. Again, we, we did that for millions of years. Um, but on the other hand, you mentioned cycling, for example. You meant, uh, and uh, we uh, we were talking about standing. Um, we, we never did that uh, in our, uh, in our uh, human and evolutionary history. Uh, we never stood for extended periods of time. And it turns out, it's bad for the body, What right? the blood is pooling our legs, people complaining about back pain, getting tired, getting fatigued. And with cycling, it's, if you compare cycling with standing, um, it's only a fraction of the musculature um, that gets engaged when you're in your cycling. So um, cycling is, is, is it's not the same thing and um, so why it might it might uh, work for some but the problem is um, you will if it, when you're cycling you're sitting again and uh, this is uh, coming again the problems for the spine and um, so it's not really better while walking is it's an enjoyable thing and uh, people feel better so often people uh, will tell you that they um, they have the greatest time in their in their holidays because this is when they take the long uh, walks on a beach or Um, through nature and um, well it it makes us feel better and uh, this is I think a very important thing because we're spending so much time in offices and spending such a big portion of our life in in the office and uh, so it's I don't know we should aim to think then about the cognitive benefits
0: of walking Uh, and you mentioned there professor Shane Amaro's book in praise of walking how does that work what is the link between walking and positive cognitive outcomes
1: Well, we're certainly at the point uh, in particular, uh, we're looking onto the neuroscience aspects of, of walking and how it benefits the brain in different ways uh, where we are um, at, at the beginning of understanding. So to draw definite conclusions at that point, it's not possible. We, we do certainly know a couple of uh, routes and uh, molecular pathways that are involved uh, that contribute to, um, to explaining why walking um, it's it apparently or seemingly so, so easy um, activity, uh, but it uh, get, gets so many um, great um, benefits. So um, to tap into, or to, to speak about some mechanisms, um, I want to tell you about a study, a fascinating work that has been done, uh, performed at Stanford University. Um, so they had three groups, if I rem- remember correctly. And uh, one group was walking on the green uh, campus, one group was walking on a treadmill uh, inside, um, and one group was sitting. And they all had to figure out some uh, creativity task uh, called a divergent thinking test. And uh, it turns out that those people who are just engaged in walking, um, they are 60% more uh they they performed sixty percent better in this creativity task um uh, than, than uh opposed to those people who were sitting and then it was a very well performed study that I switched and uh was doubly blinded and so on that has been shown in many studies afterwards so um what we what we're doing when we're walking the basic concept the basic understanding is um we are signaling our body that we need to take um or pay a bigger attention so it also has something to to do with awareness and uh, there are um mechanisms in the body that signals you, know, you you when you are on your feet you have to be more aware of your um of your surrounding because there could be chance for food there could be a danger but um and this is why we even see for example that uh, the peripheric eyesight is is lighting up and is increasing when we are walking. So um, it starts from the receptors on the sole of our feet um, and then many um, many other components. So our whole body, our whole organism is uh, is made to um, signaling us when we are on our feet. We are the sympathetic nervous system is engaged and then um, it's not time to rest while when you were sitting, the kind of the opposite uh, mechanism um, plays out where you come in a parasympathetic state and um, your body is um, signaling you and your brain that it's time to digest, it's time to rest, and there is no danger and probably no chance for mating and so on. So these are the kind of the old ancient or the um the, the 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 mechanisms that uh, that might uh, explain um some of these phenomena that that we see with with walking yeah
0: and it's interesting you mentioned the that stanford study and the the thinking I, I often might find myself where when i'm out walking particularly walking with another person and, and talking that so many different connections are made that may you may not even have have realized were possible because you're seeing a tree and then you're seeing a car and then a rock and 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 even though they're not the actual things you're thinking about just that wide range of ideas suddenly comes together and new ideas form and come out of it Uh, is that just me or is that a common human experience
1: no i mean this is um and history is full of uh, full of explanations right and full of uh, full of examples where just these things uh, are observed i mean from the ancient teachers who were giving the lectures while they were walking um to the very common um, fact that you, you kind of walk over a problem right you when you when you try to find out and people they cannot cannot sit they stand up they walk around the room look outside the window they walk again and um you go forward for a walk to to think over a problem and then it kind of strikes you and comes kind of comes back to you and when you when you can um kind of get access to this, um, to to these areas of your brain, what's otherwise uh, uh, locked behind, uh, locked behind the door for you when you're forced to sit down. Um, It's particular, it's those places where we are required, or we are expected to bring our peak mental uh, state in the office, in the school, in the library, in the university and so on. It's kind of, we are cutting ourselves uh, <laughs> kind of or we, we are limiting ourselves from this from this great resource and what um, we also see that um, we have well we have different kind of customers so one customers one kind of group of customers treating um, existing problems like obesity like back pain like other cardiovascular issues um, but then we have companies who pay a lot of um, high salaries for people who are, um, expected to solve, um, hard problems yeah? to, to write, um, excellent code, for example, uh, software development and, um, other things. And if you, if you give them a tool, which allows them to, to make that easier and which allows them to, to come to, to get actually those ideas, then, um, this is the um, this is the the feedback that we're getting from our market that um, it is can be understood as a tool to to tap into these uh, hidden resources in our brain. And um, I myself, all of my colleagues, uh, we are working here. Uh, we are all uh, working here while we are working and um, there is this phenomenon that you're just getting into your kind of a flow-like state. And um, this is—I—I um, I could never um, ever imagine to, to to work in a in a, in a sedentary posture
0: again. I, I can I can imagine that I guess it's one of those things that once you you get used to it, it's it's just how you do things. But I, I want to pick up on, on a point you made there about one of your uh, one of your clients, one of your customers, who um, has people who you know code and so on it's always struck me as a an irony if you like that companies will go out of their way to find very smart people and possibly pay them quite a bit of money but then they will put them in a situation where they're expected to walk to work ridiculously long hours so they're tired and uh and they don't necessarily provide them with particularly good food and then equally as you're saying they're forced to sit down in a place tied to a desk in order to be producing things, and yet that's not at all conducive in any way to productive work, either productive productive work or uh, or cognitively creative or intellectual work.
1: Yeah, I think the reason is, I mean, it's not it's not evil intention, and uh, we also have no evil intention when we when we're forcing our kids in school uh, by the age of six and to to learn sitting still for hours, and those who don't um kind of participate than getting diagnosed with adhd and getting uh getting drugs prescribed i think it's not even attention it's just a lack of uh lack of knowledge and also a lack of uh, scientific evidence because um and i think here's the most interesting thing is uh, in the in the future that we can we are now able to um, perform neuroscientific um, experiments um on the go, because these devices that we need to some brain imaging, let's say functional brain brain imaging, at um, all the data that we have, were most of them, the biggest, uh, the biggest part of them, were actually um, done with people who are lying down or who are sitting, um, but never because we, we just didn't have the machines to do that. But now we're coming into an era in which we can in which sensors and trackers and uh, imaging devices became so small and mobile that we can that we that we are able um to to prove um the the superiority of um of a walking individual or um somebody who is who's is engaged in walking um And uh, these data is coming and they're coming uh, like every every week, Uh, there are news, uh, exciting uh, studies published all over the world and it will just take a bit of time until this kind of knowledge um, dribbles down from the scientific community to the um, wider um work environment and um so i think it is the companies the most innovative companies tech companies it companies who will adopt these kind of things first and then um it will we, we will see it in other uh, in other areas and um i i personally hope that the environment landscape will be uh faster and will be adapting those kind of technology earlier because um i think the the young brain the developing brain um, we are losing and we are kind of um it's a well it's 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 a very it's a very sad situation if you have the the excellent capacity um of a, of a young developing um, um brain. As as I said, when, uh, when when you're getting to school and uh, from six years on, you're you're forced to sit. Um, that's uh, that's a very bad situation, and I think this should be changed uh, uh, very very uh, soon and uh, with a lot of engagement.
0: So, if we take that, then what would you foresee as the future of of working? Is it about having greater flexibility in terms of how and where we do our work is it about having the the option or or indeed the necessity of a a walk type solution to to allow people to walk while they work what would you see as as the future
1: well i think for the foreseeable future we are uh, still requiring some kind of a data input device and uh, to to visualize and manipulate data in front of us so this is a uh, what I mean, what, I'm talking about the, the conventional way of working uh, with a keyboard and with a monitor and with a mouse. And I mean, this is uh, this it is gonna change, I think, in 20 years from now. Um, wearable devices, head mounted devices, AR, and so on, will give other opportunities to to work. But so on, I mean, if you also look um, on office furniture from a development perspective, what, what is a desk, anyway? A, a desk. Why did we need a desk? Because we needed to, in German it's, uh, if you uh, if you translate it literally, it's kind of the, uh, well, it's it's a base on which you write on, right? Because you need to have something where you put your paper and where you can use your pencil and write something. So obviously we're not writing anymore, but then of course we also kind of uh, took our keyboards and well, instead of writing, we put the keyboard here. And so the desk evolved around, um, we, we kind of, we we didn't we, we took it from a we take we took furniture let's say from um from the wrong perspective we kind of um uh we, we should develop it the other way around right around the human and i think now we, we got the understanding so what i'm saying is um i imagine the office of the future a place in which we can behave like humans in many many ways, different ways right in which we um well of course, engage in movement, but also, um, for example, we understand that uh, some dynamic and uh, intense boast of, uh, of, of exercise during the workday might provide additional benefits. And then it's all about the environment. And I think offices today, with, their, with their, the office interior architecture of today, with many sources of disturbance, for example, and um is, is not optimal and then of course just the recent um, uh, events uh, d- due to the pandemic showed us that well we can for example working in an entirely different way as we understood and as we imagined could ever imagine before so i think what's happening right now is gonna just speed up the transition into a new era in which um, and uh, what i predict for the future uh, well it's so a working and an environment landscape uh, that will be much better for, for humans and uh, because we, we cannot longer ignore you know, these things and these things becoming uh, public knowledge and um, just take for example uh, the phenomenon of the standing desk it's just in the last uh, let's say five to ten years uh, they have been become so Widespread use throughout the office landscape in Germany, for example, it's about 18% of offices who introduce them. Um, well, this is a fast pace, and um, but then at the same time we're seeing as well they're not used. So 70% of people are never actually using the standing desk, but they're just using it um, to to sit on like a normal desk because it's it's not convenient. And then, well, we have the we have office uh, open office landscapes. And um, what's well, not working out because then we're having telephone booth kind of uh, acoustic chambers in which we um, have to uh, kind of hide away in order to take a phone call. So we we are still experimenting and trying out. And uh, um, I think vocalution is just uh, part of that. And our product is also constantly evolving. For example, at the beginning we had a in um, own a desk that was uh, separated from the treadmill. And um, because it is, uh, this is how we we thought it, it needs to be. But then we found, okay, why not integrating the desk? Uh, because we don't need this um, real estate of of desk in in front of us. Because, well, if you, if you, we might not need all the photo frames and papers and whatsoever, so instead uh, we just have a quite, um, quite quite mobile um you can you can have a bigger desk but our our standard version is quite small so it even passes through a door and and you can move your whole office and your whole work illusion system from one room to the other and for example also bring it together with other devices uh, so you can have a walking meeting with your colleagues and that is something that turns out to be very popular because that is something that we are naturally doing anyway right we we, we we're meeting with colleagues to discuss uh, our ideas on a walk and um, in the home office in particular this thing has also turned out to be quite useful because uh, we are hearing from a lot of customers that uh, they love um, that they can just move the whole uh work illusion treatment from one one room to the other uh, for example to when 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 kids coming home and uh, they don't have a dedicated you don't have a dedicated uh, home office space and you can just resort wherever you want to go or um you can also bring it out on your terrace, on your on your rooftop garden, and even, why not working outside? I mean, the greatest thing is to just uh, breathe in fresh air and uh, get some sunlight while you are uh, working. So, uh, well, uh, what I want to say is the, the office and our working landscape is gonna become much more enjoyable while we are keeping up and while we're increasing our productivity and creativity at the same time.
0: You reference there the, the the pandemic, which is obviously still continuing. I think one of the things that it's really shown me or highlighted is the way that that false divide between me as a worker and me as a person is entirely that a false divide. You know, we are a a whole person, and it of course perhaps different aspects of our lives. But for so many people now, we're in a situation where everything collides. You mentioned the children coming home and you mentioned not having a home office and having to move around and everything kind of flows in and that has problems as well. If you're in a place where it's midnight and you still feel you need to be working because you can't leave your office but equally if we're able to divorce ourselves from that myth that we are are distinct from all of that then that's possibly a, a good thing
1: yeah absolutely i i couldn't agree more and um it also turns out that uh when you when you give people the freedom uh to 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 behave like they want to behave and then well they be will be not just more happy but they, they will be able to provide uh, a much more um well they meaningful work and and better work at the same time so these kind of investments that uh companies doing in order to create workplaces that people love, pay out uh, pay out soon and uh, on, on a very big way. And uh, I think this is the kind of the metrics that we uh, that we need to see in order to facilitate the change in, in the office and also environmental landscapes.
0: Uh, it's interesting as well, just while, while you're talking, I recall reading an interview with the, the head chef from Google a number of years ago i think he published a a cookbook uh that sort of reflected how they they go about things but he made the point in the the interview that they recognized that things like food had such an important role in cognitive functioning so he was basically given a budget to go off and source the best brain food that he could Uh, And I can easily imagine the sorts of things that we've been talking about today and the sort of solution that you have fitting in very much with that as well. It's about enhancing the overall cognitive functioning of the organization and of the people within it.
1: Exactly. And um, what I mean, the the situation is that many people don't know about these things. And uh, in fact, it's, it's too complex. If you... Just the study of the right food, and what you mentioning, brain foods, for example, um, it's, it's impossible for the individual worker to to organize because our, our lives are just too complex. We 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 cannot um, prepare these kind of foods every day and take care of it. So um, I think this is a great uh, great possibility for for organizations of all all kind of organizations to provide uh, that kind of uh, guidance and to provide that kind of. Uh, resources, be it food, be it the right office uh, environment. I mean, we're talking about movement and food, but I think um, there are so many other components of what, of what makes a perfect workplace, a perfect workplace experience. And I think, see, for example, the biophilic office design uh, debate in the last decade had also shown us uh, so much that we we need to get that um, connection with nature into our rooms because humans are essentially not made to work inside rooms i mean from um, uh, on a, on a very basic level um being trapped inside a room might uh, well causing inside us feelings of being um in a very unnatural state while we are kind of blossoming up uh, once we are when once we are seeing greenery and um well, our office is full of full of flowers. It's almost a, and and plants. It almost feels like a forest here, and we have a lot of wood. So uh, I mean, just this combination of the fresh air that we're getting, the the the, the, the smell and the sense of wood, uh, touching touching wood, uh, fascinating studies from from Japan, uh, who are kind of um, ahead when you compare it to the Western world, uh, with the knowledge of what. Uh, shinrin uh, Yoku. If you're just touching wood, for example, it's uh, well, it uh, lowers your blood pressure. So what I want to say is there are many, many different components, and the fresh air, like indoor air pollution, is probably one of the biggest underestimated causes of causes of death in in, in the world. And um, there are so many things that we can do better, uh, that employers and organizations can do better. And what I gotta have to decide um for for the whole workforce but it ha- all has to be based on a scientific level and uh this is why scientific scrutiny is very important for all these kind of things because well they have a big impact and um what uh, we have we have a very academic um background uh, at work Coalition and um having lots of master and phd students who who are showing uh the the benefits of uh well we're focusing on movement here but um, so, for example, we have a study uh, going on in Norway where we uh, have 10 classrooms with these systems, and, and we're having children with ADHD and seeing how they can learn better in the classroom um, when they are on their feet. And um, while that is uh, what uh, what what I think is is very important, that we um, kind of distinct between. Um, well the the, the good and, and and the bad things and uh this is why why we need to have uh, independent research going on to evaluating uh what's uh, what the best solution is but probably also there is no there's no idea solution for everybody
0: no but but i think at least ha- having that uh having that dynamic perspective and recognizing as you said there is no one ideal solution is is better than the solution we've had to now which is everyone sit behind a desk on a chair no. and work no. <laughs> and recognizing that some people like to as as you've been doing while we've been discussing uh, this today walk other people like to stand other people like to sit other people like to do five minutes and then go w- walk over there and come back Wh- whatever it might be but understanding there's 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 different ways and it's not just that sort of um I guess what could be called in, in, uh, in management theory, a very scientific management or Taylorist approach. It's, it's not about a production line. You know, we are creative beings and we have to be allowed to be creative.
1: Yeah. The human, uh, human body, particularly the human brain is the, the most complex machine that we are dealing with. And, uh, well, we're just, uh, we're just getting, uh, uncovering, like say, uh, page by page of this manual, <laughs> how to actually use our brain and, uh, I think this is a very exciting time to be alive, and very exciting time to, And I'm I'm very grateful to to, well be be part of uh, of that in some in some ways. And yeah, we are very humble to 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 see um, how how offices are changing. And um, yeah, I'm I'm very excited. I think we are at the beginning of a very great era.
0: So, Eric, if people wanted to find out more about uh, Walkolution, where could they do that?
1: Well, Walkolution is uh, like walkingandrevolution.com, walkolution.com. So, this is where you get uh, the infos about our system. Um, You find me on LinkedIn. Otherwise, I'm not uh, very active on on social media. Um, I'm trying to not uh, getting too much distracted, (laughs) rather (laughs) concentrating. And, um, yeah.
0: Okay. Excellent. Well, Eric, thank you very much for your time. It's been an absolute pleasure to talk to you and to learn a little bit more about Walkolution.
1: Thanks, Paul. It's a pleasure to talk to you.
0: La, la, la. Theme song, Lala Song, Electronic Beat Time and dream Sequence by Lorenzo's Music is licensed under an attribution share alike license.